Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our trend, our podcast series, previewing fantasy football teams all throughout the league. So far, we have done four teams. We're going through, in case you guys haven't figured out, in an alphabetical order. So we've done the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons, the Buffalo Bills, and the Baltimore Ravens. Now coming up to the Carolina Panthers. Before we get into preview previewing the Panthers offense, I want to tell you guys about rotoexperts.com. You can get access to the site for $39.99, and actually we are offering 10% off of our NFL 365 package using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K. You get some of the best projections, rankings, and premium content in the industry, as well as our guide to zero RB drafting and the ultimate guide to winning play draft best ball leagues. I really do think that it is an extremely good value and I would encourage most of you who are trying to win your leagues to purchase the product. Now let's go ahead and get into talking about the Carolina Panthers offense. So right away we start up top with Cam Newton. The biggest issue with Cam Newton for figuring him out for fantasy football in 2019 is is Cam Newton going to be healthy? Is his shoulder healthy? He has had off-season shoulder surgery. He has not quite yet returned to throwing. And if he's not healthy, things for this entire offense, not only for Cam, but things for this entire offense, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, uh, Jarius Wright, Greg Olson, all of these guys are going to have a much tougher time if Cam Newton is injured. So Newton had one of his worst throwing seasons last year, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, only seven yards per adjusted attempt. And he did not run the ball quite as often either. Once he got injured, only 101 rushing attempts and four rushing touchdowns, leaving most of the groundwork to Christian McCaffrey. In fact, that uh, is the least amount of rushing attempts that Cam Newton has had since 2016, but he ran for more touchdowns that season and actually missed uh, one game that season as well. So where am I drafting Cam Newton? I'm still drafting him kind of in that 10th, 11th, 12th round range. I still think he's got a very good chance of being a quarterback one in fantasy football because he's one of the few quarterbacks who not only adds points with his arm in what I think has the ability to be a really good passing offense with DJ Moore taking another step and with Curtis Samuel filling in for the uh, filling in for Devin Funches, but he also adds Adds the rushing upside, and you know we've seen Cam Newton do this a ton of times. 14 rushing touchdowns in 2011, 10 rushing touchdowns in 2015, career average 5.2 yards per carry. You know he adds like three points a game with his legs, and more when you account for the touchdown equity. He just he's just a really good runner. He's probably one of the best goal line backs in you know football history. Really, he's so good at getting those two yards when Carolina needs it. Uh, the the thing I would caution 
helping you, especially in weekly management leagues, is just pay really close attention to what the reports are out of Carolina about his arm strength, about his shoulder, because if he's having complications with the shoulder, uh, if his arm strength does not seem to be coming back, that's obviously not a very good sign. But I, I, I'm not scared about drafting him. You know, I, I think I probably have him as my quarterback nine in redraft leagues, and I'm not scared of him in dynasty formats either, because when Cam Newton is playing, when Cam Newton is healthy, he's absolutely one of the very best assets that we can have in fantasy football. The backups on the roster, right now, Tyler Heineke and Kyle Allen are still on the roster, but pretty clearly Carolina wants Will Greer to be their backup quarterback slash quarterback of the future. Greer was a pretty good prospect at West Virginia. I think some people thought he would be drafted uh, maybe a little bit higher than he was, maybe drafted as a starter, but now the, the Panthers have a little bit to work with at the quarterback position. They have someone that they can actually develop and maybe turn into someone worth trading or worth holding on until they're ready to start as opposed to the sort of, you know, Tyler Heineke, Kyle Allen, Garrett Gilbert style backups that they've had in the past, you know, guys just who are not very good. The running back position, what, what do you guys want me to say? Christian McCaffrey led the NFL in snaps last year. Uh, he had 124 targets, 219 rushing attempts. He had 1,098 rushing yards. He had 107 receptions, 867 yards, uh, 13 total touchdowns. Do I think he'll see 326 touches this year? Probably not. I think they probably will want to scale him back a little bit, but the fact that they know they can use him as an every down back is pretty encouraging. I'm sure he will have a lot of games in 2019 where he is an every down back, probably a lot of competitive games, maybe those divisional games against the Falcons and the Saints and the Buccaneers, uh, you know, those the games that we would think are going to be pretty high scoring. However, in games where they're pretty heavily favored, would not be surprising to me to see a little bit more of Cameron Artis Payne, maybe a little bit of Jordan Scarlett, maybe a little Elijah Holyfield. They could even keep Elijah Hood on the roster. And then they have, uh, you know, their fullback running back combo, Alex Arma and Reggie Bonifon. I don't really see anyone in this backfield other than McCaffrey getting more than maybe 50 total touches, though. McCaffrey is just so much a part of what they do. He's a big part of their offensive identity. Last year, he had 219 carries. Cam Newton had 101, and C.J. Anderson had 24. Cameron Artis Payne had 19. And then D.J. Moore was fifth on the team in carries with 13. And I think that's actually probably something that they will bring more into their offense this year is carries from. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel because this offense is going to work at its best in a really creative way. Kim Newton is a good quarterback, but he's not a stereotypical quarterback. And the same is true for Christian McCaffrey. You don't want to just run Christian McCaffrey through the tackles. You don't want to do to him what the Arizona Cardinals did to David Johnson last year, which is, you know, you take this really good running back who's a little bit on the small side, but a really good pass catcher and really fast. You don't want to run that guy. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to do Mike Davis runs with Christian McCaffrey. So I think it's possible that McCaffrey's attempt numbers stay the same. Like I think averaging 13.7 uh, rush attempts per game, that actually seems like a pretty reasonable projection to me. I think what what might be different, and actually I would be betting on this to be different, is he probably shades down from seven targets a game to like six, six and a half targets per game because they, uh, or, or those those numbers were wrong. That's uh, that's my bad. I was looking at uh, I was looking at his yards per target rather. But I just think I think what it's very possible to happen is his 
role in the passing game stays the same, but just scales back a little bit. So he's running a very similar style of route. He's running a very similar overall game plan on offense. But the, instead of 82 targets for DJ Moore, that's more like 120. Instead of 60 targets for Curtis Samuel, that's more like 110. Instead of uh, you know 65 combined targets between uh, Ian Thomas and Greg Olson, that's more like 85 or 90. And I think overall... Is Christian McCaffrey still uh, one of the four best running backs in fantasy? Yeah, he definitely is. There's There should be no shadow of a doubt in your mind about taking McCaffrey that high. But I do think arguments that Elliott should go over him, that's, that's the way I personally have them ranked. I have... Elliott one, McCaffrey two, Barkley three, Kamara four, and I think though I feel pretty certain that I have the order correctly. So now we need to talk about the pass catchers. The starting wide receivers for Carolina are very likely to be DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and I actually think Chris Hogan is going to beat out uh, Jarius Rice, Aldrick Robertson, Torrey Smith, Rashad Ross for that rotational third wide receiver role. We we would probably expect Carolina to run a lot of. 11 personnel this year, kind of the way, you know, most NFL teams are running a lot of 11 personnel, and that's probably their best set as well, unless they really want to get Greg Olson and Ian Thomas out on the field together at the same time, though Ian Thomas uh, is hurt right now and might not be ready for training camp. At the wide receiver position, DJ Moore, very clear value for me when you can get him in the sixth round and even in the fifth round. If you look at DJ Moore's historical comparables, they are all fantastic. Basically, if you're looking at wide receivers who uh, were able to see over 80 targets, over 750 yards, uh, and were uh, over uh, 14 yards per reception, you're looking at like Josh Gordon, Randy Moss, Juju Smith-Schuster. Like they're all like crazy good players. The one weird thing about DJ Moore's rookie profile profile that is not matched by those other rookies is he had only two touchdown receptions in 16 games and in 10 starts. Uh, That's not a death knell just because we know that touchdowns are pretty highly variant, but maybe it is just something to think about. Maybe the the Carolina Panthers offense uses Christian McCaffrey, uses Curtis Samuel, uses Greg Olson, uses Ian Thomas in such a way that DJ Moore is going to be sort of similar to Julio Jones where he's really their top option between the 20s, but then when they get into the red zone, he sort of takes a step back. I still... I'm not buying that as of right now. You know, we have only one season of evidence to suggest that Moore doesn't create touchdowns, whereas he was a big touchdown creator in college. And that's really one of the big reasons why I am so high on DJ Moore is he was really an elite college prospect drafted in the first round. I mean, this is what second year rookie breakout wide receivers look like. They look like DJ Moore and... There's some talking at a camp between him and Curtis Samuel where they say, you know, we're not sure who the wide receiver one is. We're not sure who's going to see the most targets. And I think it's pretty easy to say that thing in training camp, especially because I think Curtis Samuel is the type of player that's going to look pretty good in training camp. He's going to be able to run the trick plays. He runs really crisp routes. He's not being covered by guys who are trying super hard or not being covered by guys who are faster than him or bigger than him. And when that starts to happen in the regular season, I think we will start to see a separation where DJ Moore is just more open and more efficient than Curtis Samuel. Now, that being said, of course, we still like Curtis Samuel. You know, we are buying on the Carolina offense. Cam Newton, when healthy, is an elite quarterback who can average seven and a half, eight adjusted yards per attempt. He can push the ball down the field. He can make the short throws. He can make the intermediate throws. 
really this is a good NFL offense when Cam Newton is healthy, especially when Carolina plays with the lead. Cam Newton is a much different quarterback when Carolina is playing with the lead as opposed to playing uh, from behind. But very optimistic on both Moore and Samuel. Also because we expect this to be a pretty narrow offense. Last year, they had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players with 30 or more targets. I really don't know if we would be expecting that to happen this year. You know, Torrey Smith probably doesn't get to 31 targets. Uh, Jarius Wright probably doesn't get to 60 targets. I think it's much more likely that about 65 to 70% of the team's total targets just go to the three guys, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel, with Greg Olson taking up a big chunk of the rest of that, and then when or if he gets hurt, Ian Thomas taking over that role from him. And Ian Thomas might have a little bit of a week-to-week role. So that's a, it's a, I guess we should talk a little bit about the third wide receiver job here in Carolina. I don't expect it to be very fantasy fantasy meaningful, but Chris Hogan is a good NFL player. He did not play very well for New England last year, but he has very good signs of being good in the past. Like we we do just know that to be true. Is he going to be anything more than like a rotational deep threat in Carolina? Probably not, but if if that's something that we see in the first couple weeks of the season that Chris Hogan or Torrey Smith or Jarius Wright, they have like a real role because this team is adjusting to life without Devin Funches with a full offseason now, I think that that's something worth noticing and would maybe be worth a waiver wire ad. Now finally, looking at the tight end position, there are only two guys here who are fantasy relevant, Greg Olson and Ian Thomas. When Greg Olson is healthy, he is going to be an every-down player for this team. He had 38 targets in nine games last year. Ian Thomas had 49 targets in 16 games and six starts. Thomas basically filled in straight up as a starter when Greg Olson left and then was still playing a little bit when Olson came back from his injury. Uh, Olson hurt his foot. Now, Olson was considering retiring over the offseason, so that's definitely having a big impact on his ADP right now. People are like, you know, he might not play. He might be hurt, you know, all this bad stuff. But I, I like Olson a lot as my second tight end in these play draft best balls, although when I take him, I do often take three tight ends simply because I don't really think you can count on 16 healthy games from him at this point, but he definitely is someone I'm making an active attempt to uh, invest in, and he's someone I would feel comfortable with as my sole tight end in like a 12 or 14 team PPR league, getting him 13th, 14th, 15th round, and just knowing, okay, if he gets hurt, then I'm streaming tight ends. So that is probably going to do it for us here today with our Carolina Panthers fantasy football team preview. I hope that you guys are enjoying this series as much as I am enjoying giving it to you. If you are enjoying it, make sure to check out the NFL 365 package on rotoexperts.com. You can get all of the projections associated with these players. You can see where I have all of them ranked. You can play with our best ball tools and you can do all the research that you need to win best balls or to win your seasonal leagues. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with yet another preview.